Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here on The Truth. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be going over my college football week five playoff rankings. If you guys missed the other form rankings, it's kind of irrelevant now, but it'd be interesting if you guys go back and kind of look and see where I started with week one all the way up to week five where we're at now. So it'll be interesting to see nonetheless, and then obviously here in week five, how that transpires throughout this week with championship week coming up. It's pretty self-explanatory. I'm going to go over my three just missed, so it's 26, 27, 28, and then I'll be going over my top 25, as well as predicting my conference champions for each of the college or conference championship games here uh, moving forward. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it, starting off with my number 28 team in my just missed, the Ohio Bobcats. I haven't put Ohio on a, uh, a ranking show yet, and I felt like this was a perfect time to do so. Ohio this year has kind of been under the radar. They're always a good school in the MAC. They're seven and one in conference play, nine and three overall. Have had a pretty solid year. You know they lost to Kent State by seven. Their one big loss or two big losses, I should say, was at Penn State and at Iowa State, where they got a pretty good load dealt to them. But you know losing at Penn State and where Penn State's going to be at my rankings. Although Iowa State didn't have a good year, they've always seemed to have a pretty solid year. Uh, you know, in college football. So having those two losses there and then winning the games that they needed to in the MAC, this puts the Ohio Bobcats in, you know, potential contention to continue moving forward and get to 10 wins on the year with the conference championship this week against Toledo. It's a very underrated squad. Obviously, they're a 9-3 and team, and any 9-3 and team in college football should get some serious consideration. Although they're in the MAC and not really a competitive conference to some, Ohio's still a good team and be interesting to see how they fare in their bowl game coming up. Oklahoma State. I'm putting Oklahoma State here at number 27. Oklahoma State is 4 and 5 in conference play, 7 and 5 overall. They very slowly but surely dropped in my rankings. They started off the year very solid, you know, with a 5 and 0 record before losing to TCU by 3. Who knows if they beat TCU what implications the college football playoff would have at the moment. Got absolutely crushed by Kansas State, 48 to 0, lost to Kansas, Oklahoma, and now West Virginia last week. But I'm still buying the Oklahoma State hype. I know they're 4-5 and five in conference play and 7-5 and five overall. They've had good offensive play. Its biggest, The biggest concern for them has been their defense, although recently their defense has actually been solid. Looking at those losses there, they've only won two games in their last five, sorry, two games in their last seven um, final games of the year. But going into the bowl week and bowl game, you know, I don't know who they're going to play, obviously, but they have potential to, you know, win that game and be, have success in that way. They have had a pretty solid season as far as a schedule is concerned. You know, playing Kansas State, TCU, both on the road. Um, you know, Kansas on the road, Oklahoma on the road. They only lost once, and that was at home to West Virginia. And being in a neutral environment, I'd be curious to see how they do fair share in their bowl game. Mississippi State, I'm going to put them at the number 26 spot. They were number 28 going into this week. And frankly, I should have put them into the top 25 with a win last week against Ole Miss. But with a 4-4 four and four record, 8-4 and four overall, a big win last week at Ole Miss. That was an interesting game. They lost to Georgia 45-19, to lost to Bama, lost to Kentucky. So 
Lost to some teams in LSU on the road, don't forget. Lost to some teams that they're supposed to lose to, but how they've responded in those games, especially beating Ole Miss last week, which was a big win, after the Alabama game beating Auburn, they've had a pretty solid year. And the SEC, if you can go 8-4 and four and 4-4 four and four in conference play, obviously you'd like to make the SEC championship game. But more than that, it kind of shows the strength and gratitude of a coaching staff and what you know Mike Leach has been able to do there in Mississippi State. Going forward, they're going to be put in a pretty solid bowl, I'd say. Obviously, I don't think they'd be in a New Year's Six. They might, but I don't see them being in a New Year's Six. They'll still be in a really solid bowl, and I'd be excited to see who their bowl matchup is when it does come out. Now we're moving into our top 25, starting off with number 25, North Carolina. North Carolina, 6-2 in conference play, 9-3 overall. Last week, lost to NC State by 3. The week before, Georgia Tech by 4. So I've had a kind of rough slate of games as of late. Obviously, their loss to Notre Dame of the year um, was kind of expected. But then they kind of went on a winning streak and winning some big key matchups. Going into this week, they got a date with Clemson. And although this game doesn't really mean much as far as a college football playoff committee or I guess college football playoff in general is concerned. It still has far-reaching implications down the line for both teams, and North Carolina can definitely prove themselves with a big win here against Clemson. Clemson was undefeated in conference play. North Carolina lost two games. The other game they lost to Notre Dame, like I mentioned. And this should be a really good ACC matchup. I had North Carolina at number 20 last week. Although they lost last week to North Carolina State, North Carolina State is in my rankings at the top 25 and has been in my rankings throughout the year. So they deserve some respect there too. Still want to see them in the top 25 for a good top 25 conference championship matchup in the ACC. Boise State. Boise State, 8-0 in conference play, 9-3 overall. Taking a look at the year they had, they lost to BYU by 3. UTEP, that was a bad loss, but they also lost on the road at Oregon State, which was definitely not a bad loss, especially as of now. Going into this matchup against Fresno State in the MWC Conference Championship game, I think the odds and the favor for that matter are going to be in Boise State's side. Boise State's still a really solid program. They've had some big quality wins against Nevada, Colorado State. They even, they even beat Fresno State 40-20 to um, in that matchup. So that's something to take consideration of too. Looking at their quarterback, uh, Taylor Green in that game, 10 for 18, 127, 2-1. So overall, their passing game can use some improvements. Their running game is really where they get their bread and butter. I think they had 200 rushing yards in that last game. So if Fresno State's able to stop their running game, Boise State might be screwed, but Boise State has ran the ball very effectively. And it's no surprise that they're sitting with an 8-0 conference record, 9-3 record overall. North Carolina State, I'm having them number, number at my number 23 spot. 4-4 four four in conference play, 8-4 overall. A big win last week at North Carolina, who I had at the number 20 spot. Some other big wins they've had was Wake Forest. That was a big win for them. They beat Florida State, and they lost to Clemson by 10. Looking at their season in a glance, you know, I think they got up high as 15 in the official rankings. Not in my rankings, but overall have kind of proved themselves. They should be in a good bowl this season. They're not playing for a conference championship. That's always not the worst case scenario. The ACC has definitely shown improvements. Remember not too long ago, the ACC was kind of the joke of the college football uh, playoff industry, I guess you could say. They've definitely improved vastly. North Carolina State's a program that's still relatively young as far as talent on their team. And looking into the next years ahead, this is another team that can potentially make some noise moving forward. Ole Miss. This was a tough one. I'm keeping Ole Miss at number 22. I think one of the main reasons why, like I mentioned with Mississippi State, is just the conference that they're in. They are on a three-game losing streak and have lost four of their last five. But taking a look at some of these losses here, obviously Mississippi State on Thanksgiving, 
Arkansas, they lost by 15. Bama, they only lost by 6. And then LSU, they lost by 25. They've won some big games on the road. You know, they beat Texas A&M. They beat Vanderbilt, which necessarily isn't a big game, but a big solid win there. Beat Kentucky and beat Georgia Tech pretty handily. So Ole Miss is still a good football school. They are technically ahead of Mississippi State in the Southeastern Conference West Division. Going into the bowl week, I'm really curious to see who Ole Miss's matchup's going to be. They're going to be a very good, you know, dual threat matchup, I guess you could say. They have really good offense, really good defense, and overall have had a pretty solid season. Although they're kind of struggling as of late, losing four of their last five, you still got to take into consideration the year that they've had and losing some close ones, like I said, to Bama first and foremost. They definitely deserve to still be in the top 25. Oregon State. I'm having Oregon State hop into the top 25 here. Well, they were in my top 25 last week, but they're at number 25. Going into this week, I have them at number 21. I still might be the most disrespectful person to Oregon State with a 6-3 record and 9-3 overall. They had a big win against Oregon, 38-34. They're on a three-game winning streak and haven't really lost too many games this year. Their biggest not biggest loss, their shortest loss to the biggest team was USC where they lost 17-14. to Again, one of those games like the TCU one where who knows what would have happened if uh, Oregon State would have won that game as far as cards football is playing, concerned. They do have some concerns in my mind with Utah. They lost 42-16 on the road. That was a big loss. They also lost at UW. But overall, Oregon State's a very solid team. Not playing for a Pac-12 championship, but can compete for a New Year's Six Bowl. And with the way that this Oregon State team plays, a very veteran leadership-filled team, I'm really curious to see going into this week how they're going to be um, you know, affecting another team that they're going to go up against. They should be facing a good team. Maybe they'll face a team out of the SEC. I think an Oregon State-Ole Miss matchup would be very good. Kind of high-powered defense versus offense. We'll see, but Oregon State's definitely had a good year. If you're an Oregon State Beaver fan, not too much football success as of late, but this is a year where you can definitely hang your head up high. Kansas State, I'm putting them at the number 20 spot. I think that's pretty disrespectful to a lot of Kansas State fans just because they are in the conference championship game this week. They're also really hot. They've won their last three games. They lost to Texas by 7, TCU by 10, Tulane, who at the time I think a lot of people were like, oh man, they lost to Tulane, but Tulane's having a good year too. Overall, Kansas State is a very solid team. This week, their whole job is to play spoiler. You know the Big 12 is really not hoping that Kansas State wins because they want a representative in the college football playoff. But TCU is going to be a tall tale task against them. They have met this season before. Kansas State did lose on the road when TCU was 8 and Kansas State was 17. For TCU in that matchup, they had a very good passing and ground game attack. They scored 38 points. Um, you know, the running back, Kendra Miller, 29 carries, 153, and two touchdowns. For the quarterback, Dugan, Max Dugan, had 280 yards for three touchdowns. So the biggest takeaway is to play defense. I know in the Big 12, defense seems to be a sin because nobody seems to be playing defense. I do feel like the defense has improved in the Big 12 over the past couple of years. It's still not great, though. Don't get me wrong. But there's definitely an improvement there. And moving forward, this is going to be one of those games where it could have far-reaching implications down the line. And I'm really excited to see how those two fair share and how they play overall in kind of a rematch game for Kansas State. The biggest question mark in this one is can Kansas State play spoiler or is TCU going to clinch their spot into the college football playoff? 
Tulane, I just talked about them briefly. Tulane is my number 19 team. The big question mark I had for, for Tulane all year was can they beat a good opponent in their division, and they did. They won at Cincinnati last week, 27-24. They also have had a pretty solid year. You know, they're 10-2. and They lost to Southern Miss, which is a bad loss. It's going to happen. They also lost to UCF, but they get their revenge, hopefully this week, against UCF in the AAC Conference Championship game. Tulane's a really solid team. They've showed prolific offense throughout the year. They've played relatively good defense. Sure, they've had a lot of close games, but a win's a win. Close game or not, that just means it's good football to watch, and that's something that I'm looking forward to when watching Tulane and UCF play this week. Tulane, I think they're fighting for a New Year's Six Bowl. If UCF wins, they should be in a New Year's Six. Tulane, I think, is on the cusp right now just because they're a non-Power 5 school. But it'd be, I'd love to see Tulane make a New Year's Six Bowl and continue their marvelous season because I don't really think many people, I know myself, but many people expected Tulane to be in the position that they're in today. Oregon, I have them at the number 18 spot. I had them pretty high on my list last week. They dropped tremendously this week going into this matchup here. Well, actually, no matchup because they're not in the conference championship. They lost to Oregon State on the road. They lost to UW not too long before that. And they also had one loss to Georgia, which I don't think any Oregon Duck fan wants to talk about, losing 49-3. you got to be satisfied with the year they had. Obviously, they'd love to win those games. But looking at the other two losses they had, UW, they lost by three, and Oregon State, they lost by four. So get rid of the Georgia game. Your two losses are a combined seven points. That definitely is impressive. The one big thing that I do have for Oregon is it just scares me a bit. They're a 9-3 and team, 7-2 and in conference play, just missed the chance to be in the conference championship game. And moving forward, I'm really curious to see how this Oregon Duck team plays in their bowl game. Again, they should be getting a good matchup. Their offense has been very solid. I think their defense has struggled a bit at times throughout the year. And they're going to need to get some key stops, especially when you go up against a high prolific team. You notice their three losses they've lost when their defense has not done well, giving up 49, 37, and 38 points. So although you want to talk about Bo Nix and that offense, let's really look at that defense. If that defense is able to step up for Oregon, Oregon has a good chance to win their game depending on who their bowl matchup is going to be. Tennessee, they're my number 17 spot. Tennessee, man, they just kind of somewhat fell off a cliff in my opinion. They did win last week at Vanderbilt 56-0, but before that they lost to Georgia and South Carolina. One of the big reasons why I'm putting Tennessee at 17, which is probably far lower than a lot of other people want to put them, is just losing Hinton. I don't even remember the quarterback's name. Let me take a quick look at that because I'm completely blanking. But anyways, he's out for the year with a torn ACL hooker, Hendon Hooker. For some reason I was thinking of a different guy. Losing Hendon Hooker was detrimental to that Tennessee offense. They did rebound nicely, but you should win that game at Vanderbilt. I mean, looking at Vanderbilt, they're 5-7. and seven. They used to be the joke of basically college football. Tremendous ground game for uh, Tennessee, having over 250 yards, I believe, on the ground. Their passing did enough. Joe Milton did a good job there. Going into this matchup, though, for Tennessee, having a 10-2 record, just missing the SEC championship game. They're going to have to sit and watch. They lost to South Carolina, who honestly I should consider maybe putting in my top 25 the big wins that they've had as of late. But they also lost to Georgia, which is, I think, where you really learned a lot about this Tennessee team. Now, without Hendon, you're going to be kind of screwed in some aspects. So Tennessee, putting them at the number 17 spot, they'll be in a good bowl, and I'll be excited to see who their matchup is. Texas, I'm putting Texas at the number 16 spot. This is probably the highest four-loss team I think I have. 
but Texas is eight and four on the year. You take a look at their two, well, four losses rather, but two losses in particular. They lost to Alabama by one, who can arguably get in the college football playoff, and they lost to TCU by seven, who also is probably going to be in the college football playoff pending a win. They also lost at Oklahoma State by seven, which is a tough loss, and at Texas Tech by three. So Texas Longhorns are almost. 12 and 0, they're not, okay, but they could easily have won 10 games this regular season, especially some big wins against Bama and maybe TCU. Texas obviously just missed the conference championship game, so they won't have a chance to revenge on Kansas or on TCU. They did beat Kansas State in their matchup this season. But going into their bowl matchup, they should be ranked pretty high. I think the committee is going to disrespect them a little bit. A lot of people would probably think that Kansas State should be a high higher than Texas. And there's a reason for that because Kansas State is in the Big 12 Conference Championship and Texas is not. But when you go back and look at the schedule that Texas has compared to Kansas State, I think it's a no-brainer. I think Texas is a better school. Quinn Ewers has been in and on and off as far as health and just productivity. And that Texas team overall is very fundamentally sound. They're really close to winning those big games. They didn't, but they're really close. UCF at the number 15 spot. UCF, man, they were kind of underrated I guess you could say going into the season they are second in the AAC they do get a chance to play Tulane again who they beat in week 11 against obviously Tulane on the road they're facing Tulane on the road again so they have shown that they're able to do you know what they're you know able to do they're a 9 and 3 team but going into this matchup here I think you know they're kind of qualified for New Year's 6 I would hope that the committee doesn't kind of disrespect them for just being a smaller you know school but UCF's a really good school. I've really liked to watch them play this season. Last game for them, uh, John Reese Plumley, their quarterback, 17 for 30, one touchdown. Uh, again, a big takeaway in this one was their ground game. Stick to the ground game, they're going to be able to have success. Also, try to limit Tulane. They had 31 points, which the AAC is not really known for defense, but being able to kind of prevent as much as possible, even if it's one or two stops, can really prove to be very impactful for that team overall. But I'm really excited to see Tulane and UCF play once again in the AAC Conference Championship game. Moving into the number 14 spot, I'm going to go ahead and go with the ACC's Florida State. Now, Florida State has had an interesting year, to say the least. I'm a big Florida State fan, at least as far as college football rankings are concerned. Florida State this season has played pretty phenomenal, to say the least. Well, I guess not necessarily phenomenal, but they've done enough. They're 5-3. and three. <coughs> Excuse me. 9-3 and three in conference play. They've won their last five games, and their losses have included Wake Forest. They've also lost to NC State, and they also lost to Clemson. And all three teams were ranked at the time of the loss. Clemson was only by 6, NC State was only by 2, and Wake Forest was only by 10. So they've been competitive in every single week. They've beat LSU on the road, which was definitely a big win there for them. They've also had some big wins, too. They beat Florida last week and Syracuse pretty dominantly, 38-3 in Week 11. This Florida State team, unfortunately, isn't contending for an ACC championship, but I definitely think they are on the right path forward. They're a very veteran-filled team. They have some young guns as well to help fill out the lineup. And overall, it's a very good team and very curious to see how this team pans out in the bowl game and for the years to come. Sticking at the number 13 spot is going to be the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, Notre Dame is 8-4 and four in the year. We all know how the beginning of the year started for them, losing at Ohio State by 11 and then versus Marshall by 5. They've also lost to Stanford by 2 and then they lost at USC 38-27. to 
a little disappointing to say the least for Notre Dame. They are not obviously in a conference. They are an independent, so they're not playing in a conference championship. On top of that, you know, they had a pretty good schedule against some of the teams that they faced, like Clemson. They beat them pretty mightily. They kind of almost put a dagger into Clemson's season from the get-go. They also won at Syracuse. They beat North Carolina on the road. So they've had some quality wins. And overall, this Notre Dame team is a very solid team. Has been very solid for them all year. Notre Dame, you know, Drew Pine at the quarterback position last game, 318, 3-1. I think their rushing attack was a little bit lacking compared to previous years. But overall, Notre Dame obviously not contending for a college football playoff this year. They have in years past, and every single year it seems like they get tons of new recruits and tons of new weapons to Furthermore, their advancement in the college football rankings. Unfortunately, this isn't the year, but they should be in a New Year's Six Bowl and again, playing one of these other good teams up here. Going back to the Pac-12, I'm going to go ahead and go with UCLA. UCLA with a win last week against Cal. They lost by to USC by 3, they lost to Arizona by 6, and they lost to Oregon by 15. A lot of the time during the year, you know, UCLA was almost the team to beat in the Pac-12. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. They finished with a 6-3 conference record, 9-3 overall. They're still a really solid team, though. They played phenomenal offense this season. They were going, scoring upwards of 50 points, you know, 48, 45, 42. Their defense also played really good, too. And I'm not saying UCLA doesn't have good defense, but in the Pac-12, kind of like the Big 12, for example, defense isn't necessarily the most prevalent thing in the world. But UCLA was able to do a little bit of both. They had some tough losses, though, where their defense definitely did disappoint them. But overall, nothing to be ashamed about. Going forward, their defense is going to be key, and that's really for any Pac-12 team and Big Ten team, like I mentioned. But overall, UCLA's have definitely had a solid year, and they should definitely be in consideration for some good bowls coming up. LSU. LSU dropped to 11 this week on my board. I was always very optimistic about LSU. Unfortunately for LSU, you know, a, a big tough loss there for them here. Um, last week they lost to Texas A&M. This week they're playing the SEC championship game at Georgia. The Texas A&M loss was a bad loss. They were 4-7 and seven going into it. They beat Alabama, though. They beat Alabama by one. That was a commanding win. They lost to Tennessee by 13, and they started the year losing to Florida State. LSU was honestly in prized possession of almost controlling their own destiny in the college football playoff rankings. I think they were going to be close to making the college football rankings depending on how TCU and USC did and, and going up into this week. But now with a the loss there, LSU is definitely officially done from playoff contention. And moving forward, I honestly think you're really ha you, had, you have to be pleased with Brian Kelly's first season at LSU. Jaden Daniels, a transfer from ASU, did phenomenal. That LSU team looks very solid. Moving forward, they got a lot of young guys coming back, so they should be contending for a college football playoff once again. See if they can play a little bit spoiler and win the SEC championship this week. Clemson, I'm putting them at number 10. Boy, did Clemson disappoint me with a loss last week against South Carolina, who's beat basically two really good teams as of late. They are playing in the ACC championship game, though, against North Carolina, which is going to be a fun game to watch out for going into this one. North Carolina and Clemson, I feel like, always have good seasons. They always seem to be kind of near the ACC championship game. They haven't played each other yet this year, so that's going to be something to notice for. They're 10-2. Their two losses, obviously, South Carolina last week and then Notre Dame. They got pretty thumped by Notre Dame. Going into this week, Clemson's just kind of playing for their identity and playing for, I guess, recruitment. You know, you'd obviously want to win the ACC championship just because the college football playoff isn't doable this season. That doesn't mean you just want to stop playing and not, you know, do anything with it. 
But going forward, Clemson's definitely got to have a good kind of background and there's definitely a program that's going to be here year in and year out. They've been there before and they won't be back. They will be back sometime soon. I'm jumping Washington all the way up to number nine on my poll inside of the top 10. Washington has won six in a row and their two losses came to ASU, which they should have won, and UCLA, which they lost by eight. Both of them are on the road. They had a big win this week against Wazoo, even though Wazoo's not necessarily very highly rated. They still have played upset to some teams. They beat Wisconsin this year. They also beat Oregon State. They won at Oregon, so they've won some key games here. They also beat Michigan State um, when Michigan State was ranked at the time. <clears throat> so Washington's actually had a really solid year in the Pac-12 thus far. Again, they just missed out on the Pac-12. I'm sorry, they are in the Pac-12 championship. Wait, I don't actually know if they're in the Pac-12 championship. Let me Let me see here. No, they're playing Utah. Sorry, I was tripping for a sec. So they did just miss the Pac-12 championship, but at a 10-2 record, the Pac-12 looked really solid this year. You got the 11-1 USC, 10-2 Washington, Oregon, Utah, UCLA, and Oregon State all at 9-3. That is a very competitive conference, to say the least. But Washington's had a very solid year. I feel like they're extremely underrated. Their defense has been huge for them in some close games, especially against Oregon when they won by three, and Oregon State when they also won by three. And Washington phenomenally has played very well, and I'm really excited to see them continue moving forward. Now the Pac-12 championship game between Utah and UCL or USC. Utah, I'm coming in at number eight, a commanding win against Colorado, 63 to 21. You should do that because Colorado finished one and 11, so obviously you would expect that. Had some tough losses this year, though. They lost at Oregon, 20 to 17. That was a heartbreaker. Lost to UCLA at UCLA, 42 to 32, and lost to Florida on the road, 29 to 26. Utah's a very experienced team. I think they're going to fare really well against USC. We all know what happened in the USC-Utah game, as James DeRose would tell you. Utah did beat USC by one point, and that is the only loss that USC has. USC's only challenge to get into the college football playoff is going to be from Utah. Can Utah do it again and win two in a row? I guess we're going to have to find out. Penn State, putting Penn State all the way up at number seven. Very quiet year for Penn State, 10-2 record. They played really well. Their two losses were to Michigan and Ohio State. Ironically enough, they lost to Michigan by 24, and they lost to Ohio State by 13. So those games weren't as close as you'd expect, but they took care of everybody else, winning at Purdue, winning at Auburn, you know, some key games there. They did have a bit of an easy, uh, I guess you could say, easy Big Ten West schedule. Although Purdue is in the Big Ten Championship game, so that's something to take note of too. But Sean Clifford and that Penn State offense have played really well this season. They've dominated pretty much every opponent they've played as of late. Dominated Michigan State, dominated Rutgers, dominated Maryland, dominated Indiana, dominated Minnesota. They they almost lost, well not almost lost, they won 17-7 to Northwestern. That was really their only tight game besides Purdue as far as wins concerned in the Big Ten. But Penn State had a very quiet year. They're definitely a top seven team. They'll be in a New Year's Six Bowl. And honestly, can play in like a Fiesta Bowl or an Orange Bowl. I don't know the bowls that are um, the bowls that are the New Year's Six or the college football playoff. That's why I was saying those two. Nonetheless, they'll be in a high um, vintage bowl. They have a tremendous offense, great defense. Really excited to see them play this bowl game and move forward as a program. Bama. I did the hard decision of putting Bama at number six. Now, I really thought about it because, spoiler, Ohio State's number five. But Bama's number six. Bama's lost two games, and they've been a combined four points at Tennessee and at LSU. That is where I think respect is, is given. Okay, they've played phenomenally this season. Their two tough losses were against LSU and Tennessee, both on the road. 
Furthermore, further furthermore, however, I do believe that Alabama is the best two-loss team in college football at the moment. A lot of people would say is LSU. I think Alabama well, was when LSU was a two-loss team, but Bama only lost by four. And winning at Tennessee and at LSU, although it should be kind of the curtain call for, I guess, Alabama football, it just isn't the case this season. But Alabama is still a really solid team. They're going to need a lot of help, in my opinion. I'd be very curious to see where the committee ranks them. They'll probably give the committee... We'll probably rank them at number five, but I think they deserve to be at number six, and Ohio State should get that edge into the college football playoff. But we'll see moving forward. Boy, would it be something if uh, if that is the case and Alabama is able to sneak in, potentially playing Georgia again. We'll be curious to see how that one fares. Speaking on Ohio State, they really got disappointed last week, and that's my only concern for them going into this week is where is the committee going to rank them after a devastating loss to Michigan where Michigan basically doubled their score on the road. Ohio State's played pretty solid. You know, they had a tight one against Maryland. They, you know, kind of had a tight one against Northwestern, semi-tight against Penn State. So they've had some questionable games where they've been tight, but they've beat Notre Dame. That was a big win. At the time, they beat Wisconsin. They beat Iowa. They beat, you know, Indiana, like I mentioned. Their one loss was to Michigan. Will the committee think, okay, they lost by, you know, X amount of points. Should that be a reason to put them below Alabama or should they, you know, they be at the number five seed? Because ultimately, I think we all know who the top six is going to be, know who the top four is going to be. But five and six is where a lot of people are going to really question because Alabama and Ohio State aren't in their conference championship, which means they don't really have control over their own destiny. For example, if Michigan, USC, or TCU were to lose, or they all lose, what happens to the college football playoff? I definitely think Ohio State, even though they've had some close games, a win is a win, and that's the most important stat. And being at 11-1 and and Alabama being at 10-2 and is, I think, the difference maker. But we'll see what the committee ends up deciding on. TCU, they had a close one against Baylor not too long ago, but they're 9-0 in conference play, 12-0 in general. They're coming at number four. I have USC leapfrogging TCU, or hornfrogging, uh, TSU, but a dominating win last week against Iowa State. They'll take on Kansas State, where obviously they won their first game, um, 38 to 28. It's going to be a revenge game for Kansas State. TCU, I think their biggest challenge yet was against Baylor. I think they'll pretty easily cruise through this one. I'll talk more about the conference championship game later. But overall, you know, this is going to be an interesting game to watch out for. I think TCU is very solid. They should win and they should be in. The question is, will they going to, are they going to be three or four? They'll most likely be three. I think right now they're the fourth best team in college football. Which makes USC number three. Now, one of the main reasons why I'm putting USC at number three is their one loss was by one point. So technically, they do have a loss, but they almost should be 12-0 similarly to TCU. So that's kind of where I compare those two there. A demanding win, commanding win, against Notre Dame last week, a big win on the road against UCLA. They've beat two ranked teams at the moment, and they're playing Utah, who's going to be ranked again. And on top of that, Utah was a team that gave them their only loss, like I mentioned, was one point. So I think USC, for that reason alone, should be leapfrogged in number three. Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, that USC team, I think a lot better than people were giving them credit for. I know I wasn't giving them that much credit. But going into this week, they should be the third best team in the country, and they should have a good matchup against Utah, and hopefully getting their revenge if you're a Pac-12 fan. Michigan number two, there was some debate about Michigan and Georgia at number one and two. Michigan, I feel like, is just playing really solid football. They haven't necessarily killed anybody, but at the same time, that's not their style. Michigan's a team that's going to play great defense, play phenomenal offense, and win the game. Now, they have, you know, killed people, but I feel like they've quietly killed them. They've been like a silent assassin. They beat Maryland by seven, Iowa by 13. Um, they beat Illinois by two. So they've had some close games. They've also had some blowouts with you know, a team that they should be blowing out. 
But overall, the biggest takeaway and the biggest game was obviously at Ohio State. It's one thing to win in Michigan, but to win at Ohio State and the rivalry that those two have is definitely something from like another galaxy. And to see that them they were able to get that win, um, J.J. McCarthy was able to play well, the defense was able to play well. This is the number two team, and I think... What should happen regardless is even if they lose this week to Purdue, unless they get crushed, they should be in the college football playoff because they did enough by winning at Ohio State by that margin. And finally, Georgia number one. I don't think there's necessarily too much to talk about Georgia. Phenomenal defense, phenomenal group of tight ends, as we know, and phenomenal quarterback and coach in Stenson Bennett and Kirby Smart. This is a really good team. You know, Georgia's going to be playing LSU in the SEC championship game. There was a lot of speculation if LSU were to win, would Georgia still be in and will LSU be in? Well, LSU is out of the picture. The big thing now is if Georgia loses, are they also going to be in? That's going to be something for the committee to definitely organize and figure it all out moving forward. But Georgia is definitely the number one team in the nation, and I'm really excited to see them playing the SEC championship this week. Speaking of the championship, let's go ahead and give you briefly my championship winners for this week, I guess you could say this week, in college football. Starting off with the AAC Conference, this is going to be an interesting showdown between UCF and Tulane. I'm going to go ahead and give the edge to Tulane. I think Tulane has played really solid this year. I think they're the best non-Power 5 team, even though they did lose to UCF. I think Tulane gets it done and beats UCF in a revenge game. It is at Tulane too, and you know, I don't know the last time Tulane's been in an AAC championship game, so you know that place is going to be rocking. ACC, Clemson versus North Carolina. I'm going to go ahead and go with North Carolina. I think North Carolina pulls off the upset. I think this isn't Clemson's year. Ever since they lost that game to Notre Dame, they've kind of fallen down in their aspect. And I think DJ Oglog of whatever is Oglog of Lay, whatever, 8 for 29 last game. That's going to be the storyline. I think North Carolina's offense is going to outpower Clemson's offense, and North Carolina is going to win this game. Moving on to the Big 12, Kansas State versus TCU. I'm going to go ahead and go with TCU, and I'm going to go even further and say they're going to win by at least two touchdowns, so 14 points. TCU, I think their biggest challenge yet was obviously Baylor, and they won by one on a game-winning field goal. This should be an easy game for them. Now, Kansas State's pretty good. Kansas State's going to be wanting some revenge, but overall, I think this is a team that really deserves to be in the college football playoff and is one of the best teams in the nation. Moving on to the Big 10, Purdue versus Michigan. It should be Iowa. I'm going to go ahead and go with Michigan winning this game. I, the spread right now is 16. I would definitely bet Purdue plus 16 on this one. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people expect. we got to bear in mind, too, Purdue's always been the team, as Iowa fans know, to knock off you know the best teams of the best. A couple years ago, they knocked off, actually last year, they knocked off Iowa, who was number two, and I believe Ohio State. But they have knocked off tons of good teams before. In Indianapolis, it's going to be close, not necessarily to, well, Michigan, but Purdue's in Indiana, so that's kind of an advantage there. It's going to be a short trip, so I do think that Purdue's going to put up a good fight, lose by less than 10 points, but Michigan's going to win this game. Going into the conference, USA, North Texas versus UTSA. UTSA, that remarkable season last year. I'm going to go ahead and go with UTSA. Like I mentioned, I don't think I've really talked about them this year, but they're 10-2 on the year. have had a pretty solid year. Offense has played really well. Defense has played good as of late. This is going to be a good game against North Texas. They beat them by four in their first matchup. I think they beat them here again. Um, it doesn't really matter too much for, I guess you could say, um, what, what can you say about North Texas UTSA? And I'm not necessarily a big, big matchup, but definitely UTSA is going to win this one. 
Looking at the MAC, I'm going to go ahead and say Toledo versus Ohio. I'm going to go with Ohio. Toledo is favored in this one. Not really sure why. Ohio has been the better team. Like I mentioned, they're number 28 in my rankings. Toledo and Ohio have not played yet this year, but you know Ohio's had some good games against some good teams. What I mean by that, they've played in tough environments. And going into Ohio this week, you know, playing Toledo, this should be an advantage for Ohio, and Ohio should actually pretty easily win the MAC. Mountain West Conference, Boise State taking on Fresno State. I'm going to go ahead and go with Boise State winning this game. Boise State's one of the more underrated teams. I believe I have them at the 24 spot this week. Fresno State's good, don't get me wrong, but Boise State's played phenomenally. They won you know, pretty much every game. I think they won their conference, or swept their conference, I should say. Beat Fresno State by 20. I'm expecting another big win here by Boise State. The Pac-12, Utah versus USC. I'm going to go ahead and go with USC. I think USC gets their revenge. I do think that USC is a lot better than people give them credit for. Like I mentioned, I was a hater, but now I'm a motivator. I think they're really solid, and I'm really excited to watch them play, but it should be a good game. USC should win this one. Going into the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina versus Troy. I'm going to go ahead and go with Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is big underdogs in this one. Coastal Carolina 9-2. Troy is 10-2 on the year. Troy has played really solid this year, but Coastal Carolina is also pretty good. I think the big storyline was they lost 47-7, but that was just a tough game for Coastal Carolina. They should win this game. And finally, the SEC Championship, Georgia versus LSU. I'm going to go ahead and go with Georgia. I think Georgia wins this game pretty easily. They're unbeatable, I feel like, and Georgia's really solid. They should being the contention for winning the national championship once again. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you like this podcast. Follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value you do not want to miss. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, signing out. Take care and good night. Peace.